about the days of Ezekiel. The tribes becoming as flesh. And these are the days of your servant David rebuilding a temple of praise. Oh, yes. And these are the days of the harvest. Hallelujah. Where I'm going 
my daughter's mother-in-law, because she didn't have insurance, she kind of stayed away from getting treated and diagnosed. So she had breast cancer, and they kind of think it went into a lymph system. I don't. I think Friday she was supposed to have an MRI. I haven't heard anything back about that, but I really want to continue praying for her. And I believe somebody out there can touch God. I'll try to. I believe I will also. I believe he's, he answers prayer. If you have a request upon your heart this morning, I know we have some that are not feeling well and feeling sick. I mean, they exhausted themselves at this youth camp and they're recovering. Amen. Oh, God will bless you for that. Let's pray. Oh, Father, I love you this morning, Lord. What a precious promise, Lord. Going in the rapture. Lord, it's, it's coming to that time, Father. You brought your word to its fullness, and now you're bringing your bride to the fullness, Father. We see all things manifesting and maturing, Father. And Lord, we believe by faith we are maturing and manifesting also. Your word will not return void. Lord, I pray for Angie Heth this morning. Lord, I come against that cancer, regardless of how far it's gone. In the name of Jesus Christ, as Brother Branham, I speak to the spirit of that cancer, and you killed it. And I pray the same prayer by faith this morning for Sister Angie Heth, Father. Kill the cancer. You have been rebuked in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, reach down for every request, every need of the heart this morning. Thank you for the song service, Father, the precious songs that just speak from the heart, Father. And Lord, as we go forward, we pray that you would bless the tithes and offerings, bless the cheerful giver. And Lord, we're all moving towards the greatest form of worship this morning, the ministering of your word. I pray for the minister you'd have total freedom Lord, that you could just, you want to raise each and every one of us up higher. May we surrender our hearts to listen, to receive what you have for us, Father. Bless those that are away ministering. Remember our brother Jason over in foreign lands, Father. Lord, I, I would be loath just to go across the border into Mexico and Canada, never mind over in the Middle East. I pray that you watch over him. Keep him safe, Father. Remember our pastor this evening, this morning, Father, ministering for our precious brother, John Andes. Bless the congregation. Bless the ministry. Remember our brother, Brad Younce, also brother, Joe Hardishell. Father, we thank you for the ministry team. Pray that you bless each and every one of us, Father, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Have your seats. Brother Conan, did you have a special this morning? Church. 
You are, you are so blessed here. You don't know how blessed you are, <laughs> I think. <laughs> you have a fantastic pastor and ministry and music and singers and everything. So we're really happy to be here. And now I will sing a song I love and you know it all. So sing with me in your language and I sing in Swedish. <laughs> And then I have a, another verse about walking with the Lord. He's walking with us everywhere we go. Love story for 
restoration for redemption that what seven angels in the cloud testified my redeemer is no longer that is risen and is coming back for you and me together so i casting all my cares on you i know you love me redemption by blood it's the greatest love story restoration for redemption that what seven angels in the cloud testified my redeemer is no longer that he's risen and is coming back for you and me God bless you all
hungry for the word. Amen. Amen. Key of D.
answered me and delivered me from every fear. Those who look on Him are
Jesus, a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. He's worthy of all of that. Amen. Do you love him this morning? Amen. Excited to be in the house of the Lord. And I feel like we just uh, speak for myself here, but I know I'm speaking for many. feels like we're just uh, getting back from battle <laughs> and fought the devil. And now we're all here all together. And I know the devil's been fighting. Uh, my goodness, has he been fighting us? Uh, on every front and on every level after camp, you have the post-camp blues, and uh, and then you, you just got the devil fighting you almost every single day that getting a report of something else, that the devil's just attacking our little assembly here. So we're going to bind together. Got some prayer requests here we want to read. We're going to bind together in faith. I believe the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous can run into. You can take all of your needs and be safe. Amen. Thankful for that. I'm here and I wasn't supposed to be, um, but just got really sick in my body all throughout the week. Even yesterday, probably felt the worst I felt. Just the devil just afflicting me. And I was going to be ministering in Indiana, actually, for Brother Andrew's brother, Brother Brian Cobb. And so we rescheduled that for later. And the Lord has seen fit that I would be here. So y'all just pray for me and all those that are struggling with it, still just trying to recover and and uh, I'm thankfully uh, uh, doing better today, but just weary in my body. And I know there's many others. The devil tried to fight Sister Sarah Yance, and then I guess he didn't feel like that was enough. So he attacked Brother Brad, who's away ministering with a kidney infection, and he's preaching the gospel this morning. So we just want to remember our Brother Brad and Brother uh, Jason Mars also going overseas to Turkey and battling the same sickness, but it was already on the flight, already all the way over there, and we've been texting back and forth with him. Many other needs I'm sure that I won't even uh, get to 
uh, when we pray here, but Sister Hazel Grace, so our brother John and Sister Meredith are not here this morning, and also Brother Landon Cobb have both been real sick and need prayer this morning. Um, also, I'm going to read a testimony from Sister Brenda. Uh, she says, had another six-month CT scan follow-up. The scan continues to show the beautiful deliverance and healing from cancer. It is testifying of the battle that took place and who was the victorious winner. It testifies that not only did the enemy have to leave, it has no evidence of ever having been there. I rejoice with the doc when the doctor says your scan is beautiful and there's no evidence of ever having the disease. That is my God, his grace and healing to me. All the glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, Sister Brenda. Amen. We rejoice with you this morning. Amen. From Brother Joe Howdashell, also prayer request for his entire family with the cold and flu-like symptoms. Uh, and, and I think that was his entire family. Yep, I got that this morning also from a few people um, for uh, Joe and Abby and Seth and all of them just battling this morning. So we want to remember them in prayer. I think that was all the prayer requests that we had that came written in. Maybe you have something upon your heart, something you're expecting the Lord to speak and say, Lord, use Brother Diggs. How many would say that? Raise a hand and show the Lord. Say, Lord, may you use your servant to come down to my avenue, my address. Amen. And speak to me this morning. Let's just bow our heads. Lord Jesus, Lord, we testify and give you thanks, Lord, for your mercy is good and it endures forever, Lord. Thank you for your healing, Lord, and the miraculous victory for our sister Brenda. We rejoice and we give you thanks for that, Lord. We recognize your hand, Lord, moving amongst us. Now, God, on the behalf of these needs, Lord, that have came in, those that are sick in body, Satan is warring and raging. But you said when the enemy comes in like a flood, that the Spirit of the Lord would raise up a standard against him. So, Lord, we as a body, as a bride body, we lift our hands and we say, Lord, we raise up a standard. And that's the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to come against any spirit that would try to afflict your family, your ministry that's out ministering this morning. My dad away in Washington, Lord, I pray, God, that you would send an angel. Lord, and may that angel minister to these brothers, Lord. For Brother Joe and his family, Lord, I pray that your angel would would come right now. Jesus, would you bring healing in your wings, Lord, to your children. Now, God, I pray for this entirety of this service, Lord, here this morning. You've seen it, Lord, before we ever gathered. You knew every need. You knew every situation, Lord, and we bring those needs and, Lord, those requests to your altar, Lord, and we leave them there right now, expecting, Lord, that you have an answer for us. Bless this service now, and Brother Diggs, Lord, as we move into the ministering of your word, we ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Only believe. Only believe. Could you raise your hands now? All things are possible. I believe 
House of the Lord again, and as Brother Matt said, uh, the enemy has been fighting, uh, but that's a good thing. It's a good thing. If he's fighting you, that means he knows you don't belong to him. Hallelujah! He don't fight his own children because you know the Bible says, "If Satan cast out Satan, how can his kingdom stand?" So if he's fighting you, that must mean he knows you don't belong to him. Amen. So praise God. I give you a little secret, you know, the enemy's been trying to fight me with a cough and, you know, and, you know, I've been feeling pretty good, you know, at the camp and you give me a little cough. So I say, all right, how do I turn this into a praise? <laughs> so every time I cough, I say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> now, how long y'all going to think he going to mess with me if I keep, <laughs> if I keep saying thank you, Jesus, with every cough? Come on, we got to beat him at his own tactics. You know, if he make you sleepy this morning, turn that yawn into a hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Take it back. Amen. We're children of God, and we ought to expect to have trials and tribulations because we're being made perfect. Amen. It's good to be here. We certainly thank God for all of you. It's, it's good to be with my second family in Carolina. You know, and God has done some wonderful things. And I want to say to each and every one of you, I, I certainly appreciate all that you do, whatever you did for the camp, and, and, and you know, and just standing behind the ministry, amen, just appreciate people that support what God is doing, amen, and uh, we certainly appreciate Brother Jason in his absence, we pray God would just be with him, and all the ministering brothers and, and sisters and, and children of God, amen, God bless you. Let's just have a word of prayer, and we'll get right into the word of God. Lord Jesus, Father, we're thankful today, Lord, to know that our footsteps are ordered by the Lord. Lord, for every situation, Lord, every test, every trial, Father, you've already seen it before the foundation of the world. Now, Lord, help us to look at things through the eyes of Christ, knowing that you've already made provisions for every step, for every way, Lord. You've already, Lord, laid your hand upon it, Lord. So, Father, help us to have within our spirits and our souls that all is well. And Lord, though we may not want to go through it, Father, but as you said, not my will, thy will be done. And Lord, we just want to be vessels of honor, Lord, to do your bidding, Lord, to, 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 to show that there is a living God upon the earth. Lord, we pray to you bless this church, Lord, every family that's here, those that may be streaming, Lord, and Lord, just to know that we had the victory, Lord. And Father, forgive us for any thoughts that's not like your thoughts, any ways that's not like your ways. Father, keep your, your wonderful, marvelous blood atoning to our lives and atoning for the sins that we have committed or may commit. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, we pray and we thank you, Lord. Let the church say amen. 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 Praise God. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to um, Luke chapter 22. Luke 22, Luke 20, 
2. And I want to start reading that verse. Um, let's start at verse. Let's start at verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan have desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. Amen. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Familiar verse of scripture. Acts chapter 1, let's start at verse 7. The Bible says, and he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Amen. May the Lord bless you of his word. You can have your seats. And as you're sitting, I, I, I'll come back to that. Amen. But um, praise God for his word. Amen. You know, um, as I look at the scripture, you know, and I think about this stage, my subject today is a greater experience. Amen. A greater experience. And you know, what is an experience? Experience is something that you have taken a part of. See, this, this, the worship service, when you put that up online, you know, for those who may be streaming it and they were saying, man, that was a nice worship service, you got a right to say, but I experienced it. Because I was there. I was there hearing the music in my ear. I was there under the anointing. I could see the expressions and different things that are not shown until the camera gets on it. So by having an experience, you get details of things that somebody else might not know because they didn't have the experience. You know, uh, you think about uh, Brother Aaron or Andrew or Sister Deb, they're playing the instruments and different things. You know, as much as I would like to be able to play, I don't have the experience. Or maybe I want to be able to play the drums just as good as my brother or certain things, but I don't have this. I can get up there and beat it. But you guys will look at me and say, get that man, he ain't got no experience. <laughs> See, so the experience will tell, hallelujah, that there's another level of the thing you're dealing with. Yeah. Hallelujah. You know, uh, 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 I have a, I have a, a, a CDL uh, driver's license, so I got more experience than you. <laughs> hallelujah. You know, I said, brother Jesus, I can drive, but can you drive when I drive? Hallelujah. Because I've been trained under a certain level of training to experience something greater. Hallelujah. So it's not just an ordinary thing, church. And what I'm saying today, that for us as believers, there's a greater experience that we ought to be looking for. You say, Brother Dix, what could be greater than what I am? Well, look, let's, let's look into it. Now, uh, what, what should we be striving for? The life, hallelujah, of Christ. That's what, she, that's what we should be striving for. We should be looking to see Christ in the mirror when we look in the mirror. When we 
walk, we should be seeing Christ in our walk, Christ in our talk, Christ in everything we do. Our life should be an experience of God. Hallelujah. See, and what brings me to this, Brother Diggs, is like, you know, we just had camp and the kids, no doubt they've had a good experience. Some had, and I'll tell you, one of my favorite experiences, boy, that was that canteen. Woo! That canteen wasn't nothing to play with, ain't it? That canteen was a real deal. Hallelujah. And I wanted to tell the sisters, hallelujah, out of all the camps I've ever did, I've never experienced a canteen like that before. Hallelujah. But you know, church, there were all kind of different experiences. Some people, they, they, you know, they love the bonfire. Some people love being in church and hearing the word. And some people love just being a part of the choirs. But there were all kind of experiences going on. Amen. But those experiences as a whole produced a camp meeting. Hallelujah. So, you know, there's some people may get the tapes and they'll be like, man, boy, we saw you at the campfire and y'all were saying higher, higher. Everybody was having a good time. Somebody in this church can say, but I was there. Hallelujah. I was there. I experienced it. Hallelujah. Somebody say, brother, brother, Josh, brother, Josh, Josh was preaching in, you know, the power of God. I can feel it in my house. And somebody in here can say, I was there. Hallelujah. So church, I hope you're catching the, an experience of a thing is a whole nother level. You know, uh, you, you know, I started thinking about a doctor. You know, uh, a doctor, there are different levels of doctors, if, I, if this is the word doctorship. I know, I know that ain't the correct word, but you teachers help me out. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's certain, oh, oh, doctorate, that's it, ain't it? I got a doctorate degree. That probably ain't it either. Let me, let me just move on. But anyway, there, there are certain levels of having a degree. And it's based upon your what? Experience, hallelujah. So, you know, you can have two doctors sitting in the room with two kind of different experiences. You know, they can sign, both of them can sign their, 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 their check or whatever by Dr. So-and-so, Dr. So-and-so. But their experiences will identify what kind of doctor they are. Amen. You know, they call a dentist a doctor. They call a medical, doc- a medical doctor a doctor. You have a doctor of divinity, hallelujah, which separates all three of those people by their experience. You know, now that the dentist can come in, hallelujah, and flex his muscles, and he can say, you know what, doc, talking to the medical doctor, I'm a doctor too. And that doctor will say, but can you put a heart inside somebody? His, his testimony might be like, no, I can't. You know why he can't do it? Because he hadn't had that experience. And you know, indeed, the dentist can flex on him, and he can say, well, can you do a root canal? He was like, no, but I can put a heart. He said, no, can you do a root canal? He said, no, I can't do a root canal. Why? Because he hadn't had the experience. So a lot of times, the experience separates the person. Hallelujah. But the greatest experience is to experience the life of Christ fully with no measure. Fully, or should I say, fully with no hindrances. Amen. That's what we want. We want an experience. What kind of experience? A Pentecostal experience. You know, a lot of people say Pentecost. We're beyond that. Are we? (coughs) Are we? We're beyond the Pentecostal denominational experience. 
where tongues is the evidence and this and that, tongues and, and gifts and all these things. And praise God, we want to see those things moving in the church. And the prophet of God said that we should have all nine spiritual gifts moving in the church. Why we don't see it? Because of our experience. <laughs> he said the gifts are there to keep the church clean. Hallelujah. So why are we laying before God and say, Lord, use me in a way that you want to use me? Hallelujah. And let's get back. Hallelujah. When you take the Pentecostal experience, it's not about gifts. It's not about speaking in tongues, hallelujah. Because, hey, brothers, sisters, if you look down, sisters probably don't have it because sisters like the way slide ends and flats. But brothers, if you look down and look at your shoe, a tongue is a part of the shoe, but it's not the whole shoe. Amen. What gives you the experience? The whole shoe. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. So we need the whole measure of God Amen. to experience who he is. And you know, church, some say, well, brother Diggs, you know, I got excited. You need more than that. You say, Brother Diggs, I got healed. You need more than that. You say, Brother Diggs, I can understand the word. You need more than that. Amen. It has to come to a place where it changes your life. Yes. Amen. Give you a different experience. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Because there's a lot of people in church who have the experience of music, the experience of shouting and dancing, even the experience of gifts working in a true form. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But it still doesn't bring us to the life of Christ. Right. And that's what we want. What kind of experience are you talking about, Brother Deeks? Well, let's go back. And I'm going to bring out, by the grace of God, a key element that's holding up our experience. Wouldn't you want to know that? A key element that's probably messing with somebody in the room right now, hindering your experience, young and old. But you know, church, when I begin to think about uh, the greatest experience, what was the greatest experience in the Bible? Acts 1, I mean, Genesis 1, 26. Man being created in the image of God, the likeness of God. He had the person of God, the mannerisms of God. He experienced what? God's very own nature. Amen. Adam could leave out of the garden saying, man, I know what it's like to be a God. Yeah. Woo! Now that's what you call a great experience. Yeah. There's some men who say, well, you know, they've been worshipped as gods and, and you know, and the people worshiped them and all these things, but not like Adam. There's a greater level to it. <laughs> Are you with me, church? There's a greater experience, amen, than what we commonly call a God. Hallelujah. But let's look at Adam's experience. Church, the Bible says that man was created in his image and likeness, amen? Amen? Where my camp members at? Camp members were stirred up. You know, they were hallelujah, praise the Lord. Preach, my brother. Don't come there. Don't come back home and turn into a mannequin on me now. We don't want no mannequin worship today now. Hallelujah. Let's close the blinds. We don't want to see no mannequin. Amen. We want to be touched by life. You know you can dress a mannequin up. Amen. Make it look good. You can even desire what it got, but it'll never move. You can change the clothes of it, you know, and make it even look better the next day, but it still will never move. You know why? Because it has no life. Yeah. 
Amen. So I don't want to be a religious mannequin. Amen. I want Travis. I want the life of God flowing through my veins. He was like, all right, brother Diggs, you, all right, brother Diggs, you just trying to get us excited. And it is. Because God's been good to us, church. He's been good to us. When are we going to express that? Amen. We shouldn't have to wait to a meeting or a special service or this or that. Soon as God wakes us up, praise God I'm alive. Praise God I'm alive. Hallelujah. But you think about it. You know, y'all know me. I ain't going to be long. I'm about to close. But church, you think about it, Adam. What, look at this level of life. You know, God created man in his image, in his likeness. So Adam looked just like God, talked like God. And this is what I want us to catch. He had the mind of God. Ooh, that's the kind of level he was on. But he thought, he thought the same thoughts as God would think. Whew, boy, that's heavy, ain't it? But he thought, he thought the same thoughts that God would think. Now, wouldn't you want to experience that? When you think, it's not your thoughts, but it's his thoughts. But look, church, God has given us a right to get there. He said, let this man be in you. <laughs> he wants us to experience it. Oh my. And he constantly tells us and he, he challenges us and God will come and say, hey, my thoughts are not like your thoughts. <laughs> my ways are not your way. What is he showing us? There's a greater level. Yeah. Hallelujah. But look, we get to Adam and I mean, we get to Adam and Adam, you know, he's in the garden of Eden and you know, everything is wonderful and his experience is so great. God, God, and we didn't heard this before, God creates everything and he brings it to Adam. Wow. What an experience. Hallelujah. God brings the lions, the tigers, the bears, everything to Adam. And he said, I want you to name it. Hallelujah. You know, uh, you know, I've been to Africa and I've seen the nine-foot lions. Hallelujah. And, you know, and, and it just blows me away. It makes me uh, realize, realize more and more. Hallelujah, but Chris. It makes me realize more and more that the lions in Riverbank Zoo in Columbia, they on dope. They don't know. They done been tranquilized. And you walk in and they like them. Like I just got hit. I just got a shot. And they ain't even growling. They ain't even walking. They just sit there. Most of the time they just licking their paw. They ain't doing nothing. But you know what God did? God showed me that there's another level to the lion. Woo! <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. That this lion is in the African, hallelujah. In, in South Africa, hallelujah. Big nine-foot lions church. When he stretches out one time to train him, this, this guy who was dealing with now, you know, uh, uh, he got an experience that I ain't got. <laughs> he walk out there among them. He pat them. He does. He do all kind of stuff. Throw them meat, all the stuff. I'm sitting on the bus behind the cage. <laughs> Are we having the same experience? No. I'm there, but we're having different experiences. Church, don't just be a person that's here. Have the real experience. 
Now, if I would have been able to get out that can, and it's going to happen one day, hallelujah. If I was able to get out that bus, walk down there and say, Simba, come to me. I'm a son of God. That's who Adam was. This man, this trainer, he was imitating Adam. Think about it. And he may not even know who Adam was, but in this, in this stage, he got the same testimony as Adam. Boy, I feel my helper coming on. Hallelujah. Church, you think about it. Hallelujah. You know, this man is operating in a level that the ordinary man can't operate in. Why? Because he's raised those lions up. They know him. They know his person. They know what he smells like and everything. And, you know, they see somebody like me, they be like, hmm, dark meat. (laughs) But the same man who's a man just like me, because of his experience, separates how the animal looks at me and looks at him. Hallelujah. Your experience will separate you for how God deals with you and how he deals with the regular church. Oh! Hallelujah. Church, we've, got, we've become to know him in the power of the resurrection. Oh, my. The church, I seen this man. He was feeding. He was playing with the lion. And he went on the bus and went to the highest window and put the meat out there. And that lion stretched out all the way up. He came all the way up to the window. And you want to tell me that's the same thing in my zoo? Mm-mm. Certain parts where you can go through, where you can drive through. But I guarantee you, you won't get out your car. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you know, we, we driving through, and one of them, he jumped on top of the car. And basically, he was like saying, y'all better be glad y'all inside that car. Don't come making a mockery out of me. I don't belong in these cages. Hallelujah. But you know, church, it was the experience of the thing. You know, I was like, wow, man, this, was, this is powerful. But what I want you to understand, I was experiencing something powerful, but you know what was accompanying me the whole time? Fear. That's the greatest hindrance in the church. Fear. Satan wants us to fear even though we're experiencing supernatural things. The difference between that man and Adam was that man said, hey, now I'm here among the lions, but I'll never be able to trust them. He said, don't you trust them because at any minute they'll turn on you. You think Adam was worried about a lion turning on him? No, Adam had no fear. That's the level of experience we want, church. Hallelujah. When we operate as sons and daughters of God without any fear. And when there's no fear, all things are possible. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Look, church. I'll go back to it again. I've seen a a, a tiger, a wild tiger in the wild, different things, and, and... Tiger's a little bit close. He, his, his, his meds must be ain't as strong as the lion meds. Because the lion, he ain't doing nothing at the zoo. He just sitting there looking like, when y'all gonna feed me? And he probably eating baked chicken. He ain't eating the real stuff. So he wouldn't be able to survive in the wild. Why? Because of his experience. You put him out there where in his natural habitat he'll die. Why? Because of how he was raised. 
Oh, my church. But God, hallelujah, he made us alive. And there are people who've left the message and pulled away. Why? Because of how they were raised. And I'm talking about in the word now. I'm not talking about your house, your church, nothing. I'm talking about your experience with God. What kind of experience do you have? And I'll say to you, if it doesn't match up to Adam or Jesus Christ, you got another level. Because the prophet said all that Adam lost, Christ did what? He restored it back to the believer. So what he was saying was, when you, see, when you saw Adam, you saw me. And then Jesus comes and he says, when you see me, you see the Father. <laughs> now what should I see in your experience? Just a good church member? Oh, no, there's another level. There's another level. And, you know, but let's look at it, church. Everybody all right? Look, church, Adam was a god. Eve was a god in the garden. Everything did their bidding. Everything was subject to their voices. Even they had communion with God. God came down in the cool of the day. Did they run? No. Were they afraid? No. Did they wonder if this is God's voice? No. You know why? Because there was no fear. <laughs> the first attribute of sin is what? Fear. Because after they committed the act, the next thing you know, God and his faithfulness, he came down, and what they did? They ran. <laughs> fear is in the church now. Even in the presence of the supernatural. Because look, the mighty God came down in all his faithfulness like he, like he normally does. Ready to have communion with his creation. But because they have fear in their heart, they ran from that fellowship. God wants to put you back in his presence. Why are we so afraid? Your fear is a product of the fall. But I'm here, I want to shed some light on fear and what it does. Amen. And I, I ain't going to dig too much in it because I don't want to get the devil no credit. Before I go any further, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> we're going to destroy fear right quick. Amen. Before I even go any further, I'm going to tell you right now, fear is not real. You say, brother, I'm afraid. That's your imagination. You say, brother, if I touch this, it's going to burn me. That's your memory. Hallelujah. The prophet of God said there are two things you operate by, faith and fear, or faith and doubt. Hallelujah. And doubt and fear is the same thing. Hallelujah. But what if I was to tell you right now that the attributes of sin are not even real? You'll say, bro, Diggs, you crazy. I'm going through this. I've seen people with cancer. I've seen all this, this and that. Okay, well, I'll fight that statement with this. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look, in order for anything to be real, it has to be a creation. Is sin a creation? No. So if it's not a creation, how is it real? Because the only one that can create is who? God. Hallelujah. And for Satan to be able to create, that makes him what? A God. 
Hallelujah. So everything you take fear and faith. Hallelujah. Fear, amen, is a 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 byproduct of faith. Amen. It's a perversion of faith. Hallelujah. What does it do? It twists up the real thing. See, it's not a creation, amen. It's something made up in the mind of the human. And if you operate in faith, it'll never exist. Oh, boy, we snatching it from him today. We killing that devil today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You mean to tell me cancer is not real? No. Hallelujah. You have to accept it. You have to make it what it is. Hallelujah. It becomes a life when you receive it as a spirit or you receive it as a thought first. Amen. Because what is cancer? Cancer is a perversion of healing. It's not a creation. And if it wasn't created, where can it stand? Yeah. It, has no, it has no ground to stand upon. Right. And I know some of y'all got your minds thinking and you thinking like, mm, I, don't know about I, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I say unto you, hallelujah, if you go back to the Garden of Eden, where did fear come from? It wasn't a part of the original creation. Because the Bible says God created all things and then he did what? He rested. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then the fall came, then fear came, and they started running from God. And from that point on, amen, fear was in the church, turning our minds to believe in the things that are not true. And you know, one of, the, one of the symbolisms of fear is what? False evidences appearing real. Amen. And if God could just get us to look at what he's done, these other elements won't even exist. Why? Because they have no creative substance. Look, you say, well, oh, I know somebody who died from cancer. How did it happen? It was bruised by cells that were already created. Hallelujah. He said, oh, Brother Dick, I, I had a fever, I had a deuce, I had a death. You already had a temperature, then something got in and infected that temperature and started making it go a different way. I go on and on with stuff like that to show you that, hallelujah, the attributes of sin is a perversion which fear brings about. But who are we without fear? Oh, my. Who are you without fear? Amen. You're who Adam was. You're who Jesus is. Oh, my. But if, 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 if I can, I want to show you how close a person can walk with God and still have an element of fear in their life. That's why I'm preaching there's another level. And if I could just make it real plain and simple. You say, brother, another level? Yeah. The justified saints had to make room for what? The sanctified saints. The sanctified saints had to make room for what? The gifts. And then the Holy Spirit comes. But then the prophet stops and says, hey, there's another level. Not just receiving the Holy Ghost, but he says the Holy Ghost makes room for the Holy Ghost himself. Hallelujah. See, Christ restored back in the believer. It's a real, true life experience. Amen. Amen. Because 
some people can be justified and not be sanctified. And some people can be sanctified and not know they're justified. But once you get that life, hallelujah, it, it changes from the inside out. It changes the whole purpose. It, it becomes what? A life-changing experience. Because what the Holy Ghost does, the Holy Ghost begins to fight the battles you can't fight. Hallelujah, because those spirits come back around, but now there's a strong man inside that says, no, this house don't belong to you. This house has been taken over, hallelujah. I don't know about y'all, but somebody else living in my house. Think about it. Think about Moses being there when the deaf angel was coming. And he was wiping out all the firstborn. <laughs> wiping them out, wiping them out. Moses could say, I was there. I experienced that. I know what it's like to live through that church. And we're here in the last church age, and we're seeing these scriptures being fulfilled. We're here experiencing the last days. Hallelujah. We're here experiencing the full restoration of the church. Oh, my. Oh, my. But I want to take a believer probably that we all can identify with. And I want to show you how close he walked to the Lord, but he still had another level to go. And he might not have realized it in that moment, but he did. And what I love about God, he won't stop until he sees his reflection. Amen. So to look coughing and cold and all that stuff we're going through, there's more to come. <laughs> Let's just have the right attitude. Let's just tell the devil, I ain't going to stop. I ain't going to stop church. I ain't going to stop singing, worshiping. You can fight me all you want. If I die, I die believing God. Oh, but I ain't ready to die. Why not? How long you want to live here? It ain't going to get no better. Hallelujah. I know about you. I'm ready to go. Amen, I'm ready to be with the Lord. I'm ready to experience. I don't know about y'all, but think about it. Have you experienced the streets of gold? Think about that. We're going to be walking on gold streets. Oh, man. You talking about lighting up? Your feet might be lighting up as you're walking. You don't need them shoes with lights on them rolling. You're going to need that. It's, it's another level, church. Hallelujah. Look, I want to talk about a man named Peter. <laughs> Peter was called by God, amen. Amen? He was called to be a disciple. And you know one thing about Peter? Peter looked like a real man of God, amen? And I don't believe he was faking, and he was just being what he was in those moments, amen? But look, church, Peter, hallelujah, he walked with God. He seen signs and wonders, supernatural, amen, feeding, feeding uh, people, healing the sick, raising the dead. Even members of his family were touched by Jesus. Whew. Peter could say, Peter could tell Paul, you know what? I was there. <coughs> I was there when, 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 we, when we fed the 5,000. <coughs> Not once, but twice. What an experience. Look, church, he was so close. Amen. He grabbed, he grabbed the, the fish and the bread from the little boy, 
gave it to Jesus. He was the go-between. Giving it to Jesus and see Jesus break the bread. Then Jesus give it back to him and they give it to the people. Give it to Jesus. Break the bread. Give it back to him. Break the bread. See how close he was, church? He experienced the breaking of the bread. Oh, my. What an experience. And church, just being there, seeing all the things that Christ did. He, he was there when Christ was out on the shore, hallelujah, in the boat speaking to the people and everybody on the, on the shore side listening. And you know what? Christ didn't have a microphone. Look at the detail. And you, you, don't, remember, you don't remember the size of the ocean? It ain't, it ain't quiet. And I don't believe Jesus was up there streaming like me. He was just talking to the people. And the word was going out, touching the people's hearts. It was believers who experienced that. The voice of God being direct like a torpedo. Before technology. Before microphones. There are people who experienced that. Peter was there watching it. Woo. Church, look, being that close still had an element of fear in him. <laughs> Seeing all that supernatural. Look, 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 look. Jesus get to a place. He say, who do men say I am? Some say doubt the Christ. No, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elias or one of the prophets. Then Jesus zeroes in. He says, who do you say I am? Now Peter finished showing that he revelated. Not only is he healing the sick, raising the dead, feeding 5,000, but now he's finished showing he's revelated. He knows his word. He knows who Christ is. Now he's finished showing he revelated. He say, thou art the Christ. You know how we do, people will say, you believe in God? Of course I do. You ask God to be, she believe in God. She thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for my word. Praise the Lord. Jesus is my Savior. I ain't got nothing against you, Cardi, but there's another level. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, when Billy Eilish got her award, she said, thank you to my Savior. I ain't got nothing against you, Billy, but there's another level. A level of a life. Not just an acknowledgement of a savior, but allowing him to save. Because y'all know, we all didn't watch these award shows. If you haven't, I'll tell you. <laughs> but First thing they do is they say, I want to thank my Lord and Savior. What separates them from us? Our experience. What kind of experience? Holy Ghost experience. Where you surrender your life, hallelujah, to live for Christ. Hallelujah. There's a lot of people can acknowledge that he's God. There's a lot of people can acknowledge him as Savior, but can you let him live through you? That's a whole nother level. 
But now here's Peter. Peter says, Peter says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, Peter, flesh and blood have not revealed that for you. But my father, which is in heaven. Now catch this. Peter had direct contact with the inspiration of God. Direct contact. And then Jesus said, upon this, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell say stand against it. That's Peter. Okay. He had a good experience, didn't he? Y'all know what? another level for Peter. You know? Jesus, out of all that Peter healing the sick, raised the dead, feeding 5,000, doing, doing, doing all, seeing blinded eyes, come on, deaf ears, all the stuff. Peter saw all of us. And he even said, thou art the Christ. He revelated all that. And then, when pressure comes, <laughs> now it's going to show what his real experience is. Pressure comes and they say, he say, uh, Jesus say, oh my, Jesus say, y'all know what, on the third day, I'm going to give my life, I'm gonna, he said, I'm going to give my life, in three days, I'm going to rise. Peter says, the revelated one now, the revelated, healing the sick, raising the dead, disciple, he says to Jesus, Lord, you shall not surely die. You mean to tell me a person like that can turn around right there and be anointed by a devil? from being revelated and all these kings of the kingdom and everything, Jesus looked at him and said, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> a man that experienced all the supernatural stuff could still be anointed by evil spirit. Why? Because the life wasn't there yet. And now, church, he gets to the place where he tells the Lord, he says, no, Lord, you say, he said, Peter said, get behind me, Satan. I mean, God said, get behind me, Satan. But Peter wasn't done. You know, Jesus said, nobody take my life. I lay it down because he wasn't afraid. Holy. They came with stabs and swords and knives. Jesus was like, who, y'all ain't coming to get no thug? He said, I ain't no thug. I ain't no gangbanger. <laughs> I'm the Lord. He said, y'all can't take my land down. And to prove that, they said somebody got inspired. And they say, you know what? Let's go get him. Let's throw him off the cliff. But there wasn't no scripture for that. Stop letting the devil do things to you that are not scripture. Hallelujah. Ain't no scripture that I got to die of cancer. Ain't no scripture that I got to have uh, diabetes. Ain't no scripture that I got to be heartbroken, have high blood. Ain't no scripture that I got to be depressed in church or depressed in my marriage. Stop receiving those thoughts of fear. But you know what they did experience? They said, oh, we're going to throw them off a cliff. Jesus looked at them and walked right through them. They were grabbing ghosts. He walked right through them. Why they couldn't touch him? Because there was no fear in him. 
He wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid of the cliff, and he wasn't afraid of them. He walked right through. And in another place, let me tell you something else Peter saw. He said, who do y'all come for? They said, Jesus, now he said, I'm him. If I can go way down south, he say, here I is. Here I is right here. Come get me. And the Bible say, all of them fell back. Jesus say, let's make this real clear. Y'all can't touch me unless I want to be touched. He asked them again after they dust themselves off, got back up. He say, who you come for? They said, Jesus, now he say, I am here. And they fell down again. Hallelujah. Church. There were a group of people there who had an experience to say, we can't touch him unless he wants to be touched. And you ought to feel privileged if God has allowed you to get close to him. If you got close to him, it's because he wanted you to get close. Just like the woman, hallelujah, with the alabaster box. She came through the back door, pressed through everybody, and she touched him, Hallelujah. Started washing, hallelujah, his feet and everything. And they told Jesus, if you knew what man or woman that was, blah, 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 blah. Church, if he didn't want to be touched, she couldn't have touched him. But he loves to be worshipped. But you see, Peter, now he, Jesus, they come to get Jesus. And the same one who did heal the sick, raise the dead, look, look, look like a pretty good saint. Now, Jesus didn't told him, say, I lay my life down. Nobody take it. Peter looked like a real good saint. They come to get Jesus. Peter said, I can't take it. Ah! Bible says he cut his ear off. Now, you can believe what you want. I don't think the position was that good where he said, I'm going to just cut off an ear today. I'm, I'm in ear mood. I'm in ear mood. I, tomorrow, I might cut a neck off. But today, I think I'm going to do an ear. No, nah, church. I think he wanted a neck, but the grace of God, hallelujah, the grace of God standing there, hallelujah, to make his wrongs right. Look at the anger in that man, hallelujah, hallelujah, the aggression in that man who helped feed 5,000, <laughs> who healed the sick and raised the dead. Wasn't he dead when Jesus called Tabitha back also? Hallelujah. He was there. I believe he was also there, amen, when Jesus called Lazarus back. See the man that was stinking, dead, four days. And Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. He was there to experience the resurrection. And now, listen, now we're getting down into the depths of it. Now they come get the Lord, they take the Lord away. Peter's still following from afar because it looked like Jesus was untouchable, right? But now their master has gone into captive and our fears over the whole church. All the things that they've experienced is now consumed in fear. And now they're walking, but they really ain't walking. They're looking, but they're trying not to look because they don't want to be identified. And somebody say, they go going to run that. Peter say, not me. What happened to the feeding of the 5,000? Thou art the Christ and <laughs> Lord, I feed your sheep wherever you want me. All that stuff Peter was saying. What happened? That's another level. Let me say it like this. Ain't nothing wrong with this message. Ain't nothing wrong with the Bible. 
Could it be that people hadn't gone deep enough in God? Peter said, I don't know. I'm, I, I ain't got nothing to do with it. Don't get nervous. I'm about to close. I ain't, I ain't had nothing to do with it. And then somebody just, you know, Peter walking, still looking a little bit. Somebody, the same lady comes, somebody else come up and say, there you go. That's one of them. Peter said, I don't know. I, I ain't know. I ain't a part of that thing now. I thought he said earlier to God, thou art the Christ. <laughs> I thought Jesus told him, I'm going to build my church upon this. See what fear does? But he wasn't done. One more person came and said, you know what? I don't care what nobody say. That guy right there, that was one of his right hands. Him, the one right there. Be like me. Yeah, you. He walked with him. Y'all, he was. You saw it. Peter started cussing like a sailor. The Bible says he cursed and swore. Boy, now that's a nasty mouth right there, boy. He dialed, dialed so when it did do him no good. Y'all know what he needed? He needed dove. Come on, y'all. Y'all ain't catch that dove. Uh, come on, y'all. <laughs> oh, my. Church, the Bible says he cussed and swore. And Jesus said, before the croak up three times, you're going to deny me. Peter said, not me, God. Not me. That's him previously. Not me. I'm a soldier. And I'm in the army of the Lord. I done been to the tabernacle. I done seen Sunset Mount. I done believed this message. Next thing you know, cussing everybody just to say I know not the man. Peter, there's another devil. Did Peter get discouraged? Jesus, can you imagine looking at Jesus when that cold started cocking? Peter, Lord. But I want you to catch this. Look at the type. All the things that Peter was portraying to walk with the church and supernatural and all these things is an evening time believer. Because the crow will caught when? In the morning. So Jesus was saying in the evening time, you will see this in your churches. You will see a man who can walk with the Lord and do the supernatural and everything and still deny me. But he said, when the morning, when it's all over, only the true believer will stand. Hallelujah. So don't be dismayed by the things you might see. Yeah, we're in the evening time. But I don't know about you, but I'm going to be there when that crow starts to crop. Hallelujah. And I'm going to be there looking like Christ wants me to love. Hallelujah. But the thing about the whole thing, what well, the scripture we read, Jesus said, Satan desired to sift you as we, but what he told Peter, but I have prayed for thee. Oh my. Jesus knew he was going to deny him. Jesus knew he was going to lie. Jesus knew he was angry, and God let him do it. Why? Because he wanted to show him a greater experience. Hallelujah. Now you take that same Peter, Jesus dies and everything gone. Now we go to Pentecost. They didn't been gathered because the women didn't saw Jesus. They didn't went to the tomb. They didn't saw him, hallelujah, resurrected. Now Jesus tell them, go and wait, hallelujah, till you be endued with power. I thought they had power already. 
They were healing the sick and raising the dead, doing all these things and feeding 5,000, all that. But Jesus said, no, go wait till you get some power. What kind of power? What kind of power are you talking about? A life. Ooh. That word, listen, he says, when you're converted, then strengthen your brother. That word converted, it means to love, oh my, to the love and obedience of God. That's what it means to be converted. When you're really converted, it's to the love and obedience of God. That means there is no more fear. And now, Peter, hallelujah, day of Pentecost come, power of God comes down, the Holy Ghost falls on everybody. Who the first one stand up to testify? <laughs> the same one who just denied him. Ooh, it was another level. I hope we all striving for that next level. There's a level of God where there is no fear. And now Peter comes out. And you know, I want you to catch this. Now he comes out, the people say, they drunk. And you know, it's a certain time of day. Those were the same people who were accusing him of walking with Jesus. And the power of God say they were in the upper room afraid. And then God, hallelujah, comes through with the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost, fills them, amen. And now those same people who were once afraid, hallelujah, turn into spokespeople, turns into witness, hallelujah. And Peter, the one who just denied, steps out and says, hey, we ain't drunk. Right. Ain't nobody drunk as you suppose, but I'm drunk in the Holy Ghost. And better yet, this is that that the prophet Joel talked about. Fear is gone. What happened? The life came inside of him now. Whew. That's why it's so important to get the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost will take away your fears. Hallelujah. I'm going to read you a quote. This is what the prophet God said. He says, just loving him. He said, oh, we say, we have faith. We have love. But if we have love, we'd have faith. For that perfect love casts out all fear. Amen. Amen. Uh-oh, brother, you finna say something now. You say, well, God, I really want to be obedient. I really want to do the things you want me to do. Could it be you really don't love him? Because it's a perfect love casts out all fear. Amen. Lord, I really want to pay my tithe, but I got this bill. Do you trust him? If you love him, you'll do it. Amen. But he said, perfect love casts out all fear. And this is the clincher. This is what got me. He said, and when fear is gone, faith is perfect. Think about it. If you could just step in the water today, all your fear is gone. You make way for a perfect reality of faith. What are you saying? You're saying, God, I trust you. I used this illustration a long time ago. I say, I got two, I got two girls. And you know they're eight years apart. And I use this illustration like my big girl's a teenager. My baby girl's a baby. She ain't a little baby no more, y'all see her. But we go to the ocean and be like, come on, y'all, let's go take a dive. Let's go swim. My big girl going to be like, okay, you, you coming, Dad? I'm like, yeah, I'm coming. As long as I'm close by, she good. She's swimming. 
You know, but I have to give her instruction. I'll be like, Jazz, don't go out there too far. All right, Daddy, I'm good. I got them. <laughs> so you got to look out. You know, they got barriers and different things. All right, Daddy, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> so as a teenager, you got to look out for them. But then again, they think they know everything. It ain't that they don't trust you. It's that they think they know everything. So there's certain levels of trust. Not that she don't love me, but there's certain levels of trust. See, some of y'all, it's not that you don't love God. That's just another level of trust. And you know, I take my baby girl and say, come on, let's go get in the water. She said, you coming? I'm like, yeah. She said, give me your hand. See, it's a different kind of trust. She's like, I'm going with you, but I need your hand. Now, a big girl, she's already out there. Michael Phelps. You know, she's doing it all. She's just out there going, Daddy, it feel good out here. Come on. I said, you go out there too far. Sharks out there. A baby girl like, Daddy, give me your hand. Come on, let's go. And then the waves start coming. She said, I don't want to go. I said, baby, I got you. Come on. She said, uh, she realized there's another level. So she said, can I get on your shoulders? I don't know about y'all, but I want to be on his shoulders. I'm tired of feeling stuff I don't need to feel. Getting hit by stuff I don't need to get hit by. Getting in sink waves and trying, trying to get out and everything. If you would just say, Lord, I need more than your hand. I need more than your hand, God. Let me get on your shoulders. And you tell me that my baby girl is on my shoulders. The deeper I go, the more protected she is. Because she ain't feeling nothing. I'm the one... Spitting all the water back out. And she's just like, go deeper, Daddy. Let's go. Let's go out here further. That's what God wants you to experience. God wants you to go deeper because He's the one that's taking you there. And as soon as it comes up to her knees, if it comes up to her knees, it's right here on me. So I'm way out there. She didn't even think about me no more. She's having a good time with me. But I told her, come on. I told her, come on. This is something I want you to experience. Church, if it's something you need to experience, God got you. And you know what she did, Travis? Travis, you know what she did? After she got wet up, she like, that's enough. Let's go back. I got salt all, I salt everywhere. And she go back like she didn't did. So, oh, that was fun. <laughs> but all her pressure was where? Church, the battle ain't yours, it's God's. Imagine God fearing the ocean that he created. Imagine God, hallelujah, fearing anything that the devil can do when he created the devil. You know, Jazz come back and say, oh, boy, oh, boy, that was a good swim, boy. Oh, but I'm tired. And Key like, tired, man, please, let's go do it again. Because she ain't used no strength. All of it was on me. And you know what? She ain't had no fear. No fear. Did I tell y'all testimony about comrade? I did. There were some friends of mine in Canada a couple months ago when I was there, about a month ago. Their son. Comrade, Chris, Chris and Taysa, they go to Brother Eugene's church. 
Thaisa was with some of the sisters. They they around the pool and playing with the kids and having like a little eating and everything with the kids. Amen. And uh, you know how you you know how the parents do you put them bubble things around the kids. I don't even know what they call it. Yeah, put them little float bubble things around their arms so if they get out there too deep, they can still float. But you know, boys will be boys. Well, comrade took his off. My, such great faith. Comrade took his off and nobody seen him take him off. And the person that was watching the kids, some kind of way, comrade got past her. And one sister, they was in the, they was in the pool, fellowshipping, talking, and, you know, just, just, just a mommy day. And, you know, uh, one of the sisters felt led to get out. She said when she got out, she saw a red reflection on the side of the pool. So she went over there, and it was Comrade underwater, dying. So they hurry up and got him and, and pulled him out. They don't know how long he was under there. Pulled him out, and, and I think uh, one sister did CPR, you know, just enough to get a heartbeat. And then they sent him to hurry up. The ambulance came and got him or whatever, you know. And, and I'll be honest. When they told me this, I was saying, I was like, good God Almighty, you ever been to Edmonton? Don't even look like they got no hospital out there. I mean, it's so much land, everything just spread out so far. You'd be like, oof. Probably took 20 minutes to get the ambulance there. And, you know, they get him, and he, they take him to the hospital, and, you know, the hospital do their thing or whatever, and they get him revived. But now it's things that you got to fight. Normally when you stop breathing, it messes up your brain. The way you lose your memory or different things like that may happen or something happened to your lungs because you have you didn't take too much water in your lungs. But when they when Conrad woke up, <laughs> when Conrad woke up, Conrad was like, What's up? Where we at? Where my mama, where my dad? So, you know, people panicking. They're like, what's your name? You know, where you from? And this and that, this and comrade. <laughs> they actually say, who's your mama, this and that? You know, Chris Taylor, them talking to him, this and that. He was basically like, well, y'all stop. <laughs> and then they showed me the picture of Matt when he left from the emergency pod coming out to the waiting room. He was... But the greatest part of the testimony is, you know, after something like that, it can be very traumatic. That child won't want to be around water, probably won't even want to take a bath no more, brother Aaron. He'd be like, I don't die. No, water. Uh-uh. I ain't even going to drink it no more. Give me period light. Church, soon as Comrade got back home, he said, let's get back in the pool. Nothing was wrong with his mind. Nothing was wrong with his lungs. Hallelujah. So I told Taisa. He asked, he asked Taisa. He said, she said, honey, do you realize what was happening? What was you thinking? He said, yeah, I was underwater. He, she said, what was you thinking? He said, I was thinking, mama, why ain't you saving me? And you know what kind of number that did on her. Now she's going to beat herself up. So I told Taisa, I said, Taisa, sometimes things happen just for a testimony. Look, ain't nothing wrong with him. 
Ain't nothing wrong with his physical being. Ain't nothing wrong with his mind. Nothing. So God allowed this so that y'all could have a testimony of the supernatural. And what I love about God, amen, even when your back turned, God got everything under control. Even when you don't know what's about to happen, God got angels, hallelujah, taking care of everything. We don't have to fear. When fear is gone, we can walk in the supernatural. Church, because there was no fear, a viper jumped on Paul's head. What did Paul do? Shake it off. Somebody need to shake it off today. Hallelujah. What did Jacob's fear do? It led him to wrestle with an angel. And when David had no fear, he killed a bear, he killed a lion, then he killed Goliath. That's the levels we want, church. A level where there is no fear. What is it? It's a Holy Ghost experience where God lives in you, changes your nature, changes your thoughts, changes your cravings. That's what Pentecost is all about. Pentecost made Peter what? An overcomer. Because now he goes to those same people he ran from that he cussed out and say, this is that. And I'm willing to die for it. That's what happens when you get the Holy Ghost. You ain't afraid to tell your friends at school, I'm a Christian. And if I can be honest, my friends in school respected me more for being a Christian. Your real friends will. Amen. I had some buddies who used to go drink. You know, we was mischievous teenagers. They're like, hey, let's go. We finna go drink. We finna go get, they old, we got a beer. And they're like, come on, we're going to go get the beer. We're going to go drink it and this, this and that, this and that. And I'm like, what? They said, no, you can't come. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm ready to be mischievous. They said, you can. They said, no, you can't go. You different. <laughs> Shut me down. And I hope some of y'all friends do you like that. They see you different, hallelujah. And they respect the life of Christ in you. Them what you call real friends. Not these ones who try to make you, go ahead, why don't you just go ahead and hit it a little bit. Go ahead and take a puff. Hey, by the way, it's legal. No, 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 them ain't real friends. They don't respect your life. They don't respect you trying to live good. Just, just get rid of that person. Hallelujah. But a real friend would expect, hallelujah, the life you're trying to live. Hallelujah. But church, if we could just Get to that greater level. What's the greater level, Brother Diggs? The restoration of the life of Christ inside the believer. Holy Ghost filled, walking, talking, firebrand believer. That's what our church wants. That's what our church needs. That's what our church will exist by. Hallelujah. And if I can, knowing who Brother Branham Dog is, praise God, but that ain't it. Hallelujah. Knowing his horse name, praise God, that ain't it. Hallelujah, you need that fire brimstone walk with God. Amen. When something comes in and changes your nature, and you look back at what you used to do and you don't desire to do it no more. Some of us in here, we used to drink. Some of us used to smoke. And we can still go out right now and do it. The thing is, we don't want to. 
Come on now, I know I got more believers than that in here. We don't want to. You can put a pack of cigarettes in my face, doesn't make get that junk out of my face. Why? Because I've been changed. I'm on another level, honey. You can say, hey, we serving some alcohol at the, at the cookout. And I can say, I don't want none. Give me a Coca-Cola. Yeah, I said it, Coca-Cola. Come on, musicians. Hallelujah. Church, but the greatest thing about it, some of us have reached that level. We've reached the level where Christ is living in us. He's changed our person. He's changed our thoughts, our mannerism, and all these things. Hallelujah. And now we're here for the benefits of his use. Hallelujah. That's what we want. Amen. We don't want just a mediocre life where we can be witnesses of good things. Because that's who Peter was without the Holy Ghost. He was just a witness of all the great things God had did. But when the Holy Ghost came, now he was in service. He was a part of all of it. Hallelujah. Think about it. Peter could come back and say with the Holy Ghost, when you see me, you see the Father. Remember in Acts 4? The Bible said they saw the things they were doing and they took knowledge of them that they had been with who? Jesus. They saw the same level of life. Even on John the Baptist, John would look so much like God, they wouldn't hear him say, are you the Christ? Whew. Oh my. Church, let's not be afraid to let go and let God. Amen. Let's sing a little bit. I'll raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I'll raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I'll raise a hallelujah. But worship is a melody. I'll raise a hallelujah. Christ has come to fight for me. I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder. You're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes. Hope will arise. Death is defeated. The king is alive. I'll raise a hallelujah. In the presence, in the presence of my enemy. I'll raise a hallelujah. Louder than your belief. Louder than the My weapon is my melody. I'll raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me. Heaven comes to fight for me. Come on. I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder. You're gonna hear my Hope will arise. 
the devil's lies. Devil whispers in my ear. I'm just going to raise up like brother, that song. Brother yes, sir. I'm going to turn up my praise. Hallelujah. I'm going to say, I'm going to turn up my praise. I'm going to drown out my doubts. Amen. Can you sing that, Brother Ken? He of G. Got that. Turn up my praise. for that. They got the words for that. Yeah, you got the words, Brother Caleb. Turn up my praise. Is that what it's called, Brother Ken? It's called turn up my praise. Yes, if we got that. Did you appreciate the word of God this morning? Give the Lord Jesus a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Got that, Brother Caleb. Somebody may be helping try to find that, maybe. I appreciated the word so much. And then I believe the Lord spoke specifically. I just got thinking so much. I think it was, um, I think it was the message, Why Christ Speak. And Brother Branham's 1963, I think it was. And he's talking about Moses and how that Moses had seen in the word that, that God's people was going to sojourn. There was going to be in Egypt for 400 years. And then God was going to come down and deliver them. And Brother Branham says, Moses knew this intellectually. He read the word. He seen the word. He said he knew the promise of the word. And he said, so he tried to deliver them knowing the word. And he said he tried to deliver them based on that intellectual knowledge of the promise. And what did he do? He, 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 He murdered a man. And Brother Branham says, but what happened when Moses met the burning bush, he met the experience of the word. He met the light of the word. And he said that changed everything. And he said, until the believer changes from just an intellectual concept or experience. And he said, and it moves to a real faith to see the promise of the word of God fulfilled. And he said, that'll bring a deliverance to God's people. When Moses caught the revelation, it wasn't just, as we said before, he wasn't just part of the revival, but he met the reviver. And when you meet the reviver, oh, you're you're thankful for the revival. But the reviver has made himself real to you. Then everything whatsoever, Jesus said, whatsoever you ask, you say to this mountain, be thou removed, cast into the sea. And don't doubt, have faith in your heart and you'll see it. I believe we're seeing that. Amen. You got that, Brother George? We'll just move on to something else. That's all right. Give me uh, the key of F, I think it is. Nobody loves me like you love me, Jesus. Is that... Nobody loves me like you love me, Jesus. I stand in awe at your amazing ways. I worship you as long as I am breathing. God, you are faithful and true. Nobody loves me like you. Let's sing a verse now. Morning, I see you in the sunrise. Oh, this morning, I see you in the sunrise. Every morning, it's like a picture that you painted for me. I love a letter in the sky. Oh 
Come on, let's worship Him now. Before we go, mountains, you're tearing down. Oh, mountains, you're breaking down the weight of all my mountains. And even when it feels like I'm surrounded, you never, you never leave my side. Yes, Lord. Sing that second verse now. Mountains, you're breaking down. Oh, my mountains, you're breaking down the weight of all my mountains. And even when it feels like I'm surrounded, you never, you never leave. Oh, raise those hands now. Sing it. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for Brother Diggs, Lord, who came and, Lord, poured himself. Let you, Lord, speak through him and poured himself out. We thank you, Lord, for this word that was spoken. We believe, Lord, it's a word spoken in due season and due time. Lord, and we believe, Lord, that when we speak, when we use our voice and we declare, Lord, something takes place in a supernatural realm and Satan is defeated and lies are dispelled. Lord, so we speak it this morning with our voices and we say, amen, Lord. We say, yes, Lord. We accept it this morning. Let every individual, Lord, who heard that freedom call, Lord, that there's another level. What is that other level, Lord? Father, it's the message that you gave to Nicodemus. A man must be born again. He can never see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Lord, so we pray for every individual, young and old alike, Lord, that would be like Peter. Father, with that intellectual experience, it's a good, Lord. It's a good promise. Even your prophet spoke of Moses. Lord, and he said, even the seed of God 
even his seed, your seed was laying inside of Moses' heart, but it hadn't been quickened to life yet. Lord, and he tried to fulfill the word and, and caused, caused death, Lord. And Father, but you, your prophet said when he met that burning bush, when he met that light, Lord, and I can even, Lord, think of even right now, Jesus, the miracles that we could testify of, even Sister Brenda's, Lord, that we rejoiced over. Lord, the recently, Lord, the man that you healed of cancer. Father, your prophet said those miracles come that ought to give you a rapturing faith, that ought to give you faith to believe for anything in the supernatural. Lord, so give us that supernatural faith to accept it, to ask, Lord, not just ask for it, but to accept it whatsoever we ask. Whatsoever our need is, whatever your need is, Lord, whatever our need is in our family, in our children, in our home, and Lord, whatever level it is, we just raise our hands and say, Lord, we're not only asking for it, but we have supernatural faith to reach out and take a hold of it and accept it. Lord, may you do it this morning, Lord Jesus, I pray. Give us that greater experience, Lord, we ask. Take us from this place, Lord, all the ministering brothers, Lord, my dad, the, our pastor, Father, those that are traveling home. Lord, those that are still recovering, Lord Jesus, I prayed, Brother Tony, Lord, he's here this morning. May you continue to give him strength, Lord, and quicken his body. Bring healing to all of those, Lord. If I don't name them this morning that are sick in body, I pray, God, that you would bind that spirit, Father, and may healing, Lord, virtue flow to our families and our church, Lord, we ask. Bless us now, Lord, one and all, as we dismiss from you from this place, but not from this presence, Lord. May we take it with us, Lord. Help us to fight the battle. May we be encouraged this morning, Lord. We ask it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. We're going to let you go and be dismissed. We're going to let Brother Ken sing as you as you dismiss at your own leisure. The Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, care to feel my hurt. Who am I? Call out through the rain 
Change my life. 